how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to episode 398, where I sat down with writer, director, and former journalist Michael Marin. He started his career as a journalist in Africa, inspired by movies like The African Queen, Jason and the Argonauts, and Bogeist. He fought an unclear dream, eventually learning to write journalism and then screenplays, getting a book option by HBO, and then coming back to the U.S. with a passion for filmmaking. Based on the book Shriver, A Little White Lie stars Michael Shannon, Kate Hudson, and Don Johnson. The description reads, when a handyman living in New York City is mistaken for a famous, famously reclusive writer, he's brought to a university where he is to deliver a keynote address to save the school's literary festival. In this interview, Michael talks about the connection between journalism and screenwriting, advice from his friend Milos Foreman, who directed One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, how to find a narrative through line, working with Michael Shannon, and how he bought the rights to Shriver for only $100 at a book signing. I think it was natural in some ways, you know. Um, I mean, you can almost start with the movies. My journalism background's in Africa almost entirely. I, I, did, I, did, I, did, I did some reporting out of Eastern Europe and uh, uh, that sort of thing. But for, for the most part, um, I started, I remember really clearly watching all of these movies with my dad on TV. I'm old enough that the only way you could watch movies is like for them to come up on television pre-VCRs, pre um, but I, you know, I used to watch these Saturday afternoon movies, what they call these sword and sandal movies, uh, Jason and the Argonauts and stuff like that, but my favorites were these um, films, a lot of them set in Africa, Bo Jest, both, both the original Bo Jest from the 30s, and then they remade it with Telly Savalas, and, and the African Queen, and movies like that, and I think that's one of the reasons I ended up going uh and spending 17 years of my life in Africa, I, I, I had this this vision of it that obviously completely wrong and, and synthetic. Uh, but I went there originally as an aid worker and then uh, wanted to stay and started writing and uh, wrote for you know a, a good long time for a lot of publications. And uh, a book I wrote about the war in Somalia was optioned um, originally by HBO. Uh, and, and then optioned again later. And um, after HBO lost the option on it, they, they came to me and wanted to option it again. With it was there was a new regime, I, and 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 it was. And I said, well, the, my book's already under option to somebody else, uh, but I've got this story I've been working on that that I, that I, I want to turn into a movie. And I had no idea what I had. I had no idea how the business worked or anything like that. I mean, I was so naive in the business that um, in 1985, 1986, I'm, I'm working, I'm covering this rebel rebellion in Uganda, and reading uh, along the way, I grabbed a book to read, which was Patricia Highsmith's *The Talented Mr. Ripley*, and I thought, "Wow, this book would make a good movie. No one's ever heard of this." And when I got back to my apartment in New York. 
I called uh, Patricia Highsmith's agent and said, hey, you know what? I think so, this would make a good movie. And, and, and I remember talking to her. She said, yeah, this book has been under option since 1955. <laughs> so anyway, so the movies were always sort of mixed up with, with in everything, everything I did. And I think there is a real connection between journalism and screenwriting in, in so far as you know, you're asked to take a wide swath of a story. You know, I, I would I would end up in Liberia or, or, or Somalia and someone is asking me to write a 3,000 word article. So what you need to do is find a narrative through line mm -hmm. that's a story that somebody can read, but that mm -hmm. also brings along with it a... a and information and understanding and, 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 and puts everything in a story format. Mm -hmm. So as a journalist, especially working on deadlines, you learn to do that and you learn to do that quickly. So that that's, I found that really helpful right now in terms of, you know, wanting to start, um, I'm, I'm working on adapting another book right now. And, and you know, I, I, I could write a 400 page screenplay from it. There's so much good stuff in there. And, and, but you end up having to pick and choose and, 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 and kind of get it into your format. Uh, but on the HBO story, HBO sent a writer to me, a guy named Stephen Tolkien, uh, who had a great track record and, 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 and Stephen wanted to take the story, this treatment I'd written and HBO wanted to buy it. And I said, you know what? I want to write the screenplay. And uh, HBO said, just pay this guy off. He doesn't know what he's doing. Um, <laughs> just, just, you know. So Stephen called me up and said, you know, they really want me to do it. And, I, and, and he stood up for me. And it got me my first uh, screenwriting gig. And uh, I, I, I got, you know, there was a time when your quote meant something in, 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 uh, in Hollywood. <laughs> Uh, believe it or not, you know, you, 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 so I actually got in it at his quote, mm. which was way higher than mine would have been. And, and um, you know, we, we got the screenplay out there. It never got made. Um, something else I learned that uh, a lot of this is, is working with people and getting things and getting directors assigned to things and getting actors attached and, and then, uh, having things absolutely disappear on you mm. for, for, and no one ever telling you why. Uh, but that's, that's what got me going. And I switched from journalism at that point. Um, I was, I was 40 at the, t when I, when I made that transition from journalism to screenwriting. And part of it was I, most of my uh, journalism was in uh, war zones uh, and fam I covered war and famine. I wrote a book. I've written about famine quite a bit. And uh, I got married and had a kid, and that was sort of the end of the, uh, you know, traipsing off to Africa for six months and, and <laughs> digging things up. So I, I switched in. I switched into screenwriting, and um, I sold probably the first four or five scripts I ever wrote. Hmm. And I was thinking, wow, this is this is easy this is great uh of course you know that that, that didn't last and um so I've, i sort of settled in uh, after that and kind of you know got down in the trenches with everybody else 
Well, it may be just intangibles, but why did Stephen believe in you to kind of that you were taking on this new medium just through conversations you guys had had? Yeah, he actually flew to New York. He was living in L.A. and I, I still I'm still a New Yorker. Um, and, and I think he really liked the story I presented to him. And also that I had uh, I had an expertise in it. Uh, and it was a very, very dark tale. I mean, the the, the story, HBO, between the time they assigned it and, and the time we turned in the script, there was a completely new regime on HBO films. And they just thought it was unbelievably, basically this young idealistic kid uh, goes to this village in Africa where he's sponsoring a child and, and sets, sets off its series of events that has people starved to death in the village. Mm. Um, it's a very dark comedy and, 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 um, you know, I still, I still enjoy the script. It's really dated. We have Osama bin Laden as a secondary character in it because no one had ever heard of him. Right. right. Well, tell me about, um, where did this new idea come from? I think it was originally called Shriver. I read somewhere, but now it's called a little white lie. Uh, where did this kind of idea come from? Um, well, it's a book. I, 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 um, Right now, I live in rural Connecticut and on the Massachusetts border. And I walked into a bookstore in a little tiny bookstore in Lenox, Massachusetts. And there was a guy named Chris Belden there reading from his novel, uh, published, really published by a small press. Uh, uh, and the novel was called Shriver. And the story was really, it opens, uh, the novel opens on an airplane where the, this guy who's written a book uh, is being flown to a writer's conference and he can't believe it. I mean, it's that sort of out of body experience when there's something you've wanted, 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 wanted. And, and cert there's certainly an autobiographical uh, uh, element there for, for uh, in terms of, um, you know, for, from him, him as a writer, but also when I, pu I published two books and when I know that feeling too of like you've written this book and, and suddenly there's this thing, it's this part of you is outside your body. Hmm. And he read from it and it was really funny. And I went up to him and I said, I'm going to turn, you know, you buy the book and you get in line and the author's signing the books. And I said uh, to him, in fact, I have it right here, strangely. It, it says to Michael, looking forward to the movie version signed in this day in November 2013. <laughs> and because I walked up to him and said, I'm going to I'm going to make this a movie. And so he's he signed over the, the rights to me in, 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 in the front cover of the book. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, obviously, but we got a legal agreement at, at, at some point later. But the it, the story as he was reading it just really struck me. Uh, that the you know I I don't I don't I'm not looking for any particular kind of material, but every once in a while that you know you're you're reading something, you see something, you overhear something, and this bell goes off, and 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 you go, you know what, I'm 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 gonna go down that rabbit hole wherever it takes me. And this book, um, the the whole thing struck me as. Uh, very literary, very, very, um, oh, I don't know, Balzacian in, 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 in a way in, in terms of the the human comedy, the the, uh, the human foibles, the the the, uh, the strain, the ambitions that people have, and 
uh, what we do when we we achieve those ambitions ultimately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew I could option the book because it was published by a tiny press um, that no one had ever heard of. It's not, you know, one of the pro- one of the things in in Hollywood that you learn is that all the big studios and and pr- pr- producers have scouts who get a ho- get a hold of books while they're still in manuscript. Mm-hmm. They they have an they have an in at the publishers, so. Uh, if I wanted to get my hands on, you know, the latest John Grisham or something like that, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not going to be, as, and as, and as an independent writer, producer, director, I'm not going to be able to, um, I'm not going to be able to afford the option if, if, even if, uh, you know, even if somebody would give it to me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think, I think I give, I think I gave him a hundred bucks uh, mm-hmm. and, and spent a year writing the screenplay. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, you know, I changed quite a bit in the book. I, I, I built the whole world around around Shriver, the writer in it. Uh, that's not in the book, uh, but um, it, yeah, I mean, it, 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 the people loved the script, and I think one of the things that happened was I think a lot of the actors who read it related to this idea of um, that. Jeez, I can't really believe I'm doing this. Yeah, you know that that I, I'm. You know, really, how did I get here? And and I think Michael Shannon in particular uh, just kind of saw through the the heart of it in terms of the screenplay when he read it and, and uh, really um, got it because he's really a really kind of he's a very humble, quiet guy and 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 who's achieved a tremendous amount of notoriety. Uh, and he's and he's really the reason that um, this project went, went all the way through. Because I, I don't I don't know if you know the story, but we hit a couple of huge roadblocks along the way while we were uh, while we went into production on this. He seems um, like was was he kind of also uh, chosen? He seems like a mysterious type of person, which very much fits the character. Um, yeah, tell me a little bit about the roadblocks and then working with Michael. Um. Yeah, my, my, Michael. Michael's kind of inscrutable in in, in a way, and, and um, you know, I have to admit, when I first started working with him, he was a little bit scary. <laughs> um, he he wanted to meet with me, and he was he was performing in in Chicago. He's got a theater, and and he has a little theater in Chicago, and mm-hmm. um, he, he we talked, and he he had I went to, I, I saw the performance. Uh, and then he had me meet him at a restaurant next to the studio, uh, next to the, the uh, theater. And um, he came in. I was sitting at it was like a sushi bar kind of restaurant, and, and I was I was sitting at a t- uh, table near the bar. And he came in, and he had a group of friends of his go to the back. So he sits down. He sits down with me, and he and it's. Um, well, I'm having dinner with my friends over there, so yeah, let's talk. So he built an in if he didn't like me, right? I mean, that's my interpretation of it. <laughs> I've, I've, I've talked to him about it, and he hasn't confirmed or denied. <laughs> but um, so he had an out. But we, he and I, talked for a really long time, and I'm sure his friends were getting hungry. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was in good shape when, like, after about an hour and a half of of chatting and drinking with him, he said, 
Oh, well, come on, let's go have some dinner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he then then he then he signed on to do it. But but Mike's a, he's a, he's an intimidating character uh, in that way. You don't know. You, you know, there are times I I you know we it's a movie set things happen you know he's barked at me a couple of times about things um but he also he was really thoughtful and and um you know my favorite moments from michael like he would do a scene and i'm i'm, I'm there all right ready to move on he would just go back and he would put a finger up in the air like all right w- one more time i i know i can do it better uh and and he killed it every time and mm. um you know, his, his. I think his performance in this in this film is is it's very understated, which is very un, un- Shannon like in some ways, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and very nuanced. And uh, I he he just did an incredible job. Um, and you know, he's a, he's a kind of actor who likes to be directed. He 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 liked, um, which you know, this is my second film as a director only. And, and and so you know it, that that was pretty intimidating, and also having Kate Hudson on set and Don Johnson, Don has been in like you know four hundred films, um, and, and uh, so kind kind of managing all of that was was a challenge. Um, but the the big well, we had two big challenges making it. Uh, first was. Um, we were going to shoot it in, in the winter of 2019 and I was diagnosed with cancer mm. and, uh, I, that, again, one, it's one of those things that happens in life that we were, we were go- The film was delayed somewhat because one of the producers, uh, without getting into too many details, Who's no who was no who was not a part of the final project, but who was handling the first part, basically lied about having all the money. <laughs> and shocking, I know. I, I, I can't imagine any producer ever doing that again. But um, he he came back to me and and said, "We have to do this film, but we're going to have to do it for a lot less money than than." Mm. Um, I prepped the film for a month in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, if if that production that we had started uh, that we had set up in Savannah in in the uh, in the uh, December of 2018, if that had gone through, I probably would have died because mm-hmm. I never would have stopped to see a doctor during the production. But because the film went into kind of hiatus, I was having some issues, um, so I spent a year doing chemo and surgeries and a lot of other really horribly unpleasant stuff. And Mike stuck with the project. Um, you know, there were people who were no longer involved in it. You know, think people move on, things happen. Some of the cast moved on, um, had other had other things. But Mike stayed there, and we put the project back together again in December of 2019. Uh, when I was sort of back on my feet, it took me a, it took me the better part of a year to recover, and um, we went into. Uh, we had a very short pre-production period and we went into pre-production uh, uh, and had our first day of principal photography was the end of February of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I think we all know what happened a few weeks later <laughs> because um, we had shot, we had eight days left to film when the world stopped. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, there were, there were, we had a couple of Cowboys. And I think, I think Mike and Don Johnson and Jimmy Simpson were all like, fuck it, let's go minute. Let's finish this movie. Who cares about any of it? But uh, that just wasn't going to be, I mean, every, everything shut down. I mean, I, the, the hotel I was in that staying in, in LA when we were filming around LA, it, uh, it was basically closed up. I was the only person in the hotel uh, before I left Los Angeles and uh so with eight days left to film we um took a hiatus of 400 days to the day wow um but when we came back you know we as a small production we didn't have the money to you know mike had in the meantime shot nine perfect strangers in australia it was a big production they took the entire cast crew flew everybody out to some isolated part of australia and then and we were able to to you know create a pod out there we we had to wait um and when it came down to it we only had we had to take the eight day schedule that we had and shoot it in six days mm. uh, kate hudson was uh doing working on apple series apple let her out for uh, let her out for a week to, to film. And Zach Braff was shooting something for Disney and they let him out for a weekend. <laughs> uh, so we, we had, we had a, so, you know, the, the, the AD was going absolutely nuts trying to, to, to work this schedule. And um, one of the things in the film, I, I don't think it's obvious. So it's obvious to me because I was there, but one of the actors in the film, uh, one of the women was nine months pregnant at the time and, and could not be there. So we shot a body double the entire time and then green screened her into the we, three months later, I went back to LA on, in, into, on, onto a soundstage and, and we shot, we shot it all against the green screen. She was acting against me, which I would not <laughs> want, you know, unfortunately for any actor to have to play against me, but uh, we, we inserted her into the movie. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, so the special effects crew did a really nice job on that. And where we got it made. Where do you think your persistence comes from? Does it come from your original journalism type work, or seeing things through that that way? Yeah, you know, it, it, interesting question. You know, I I, uh, I played high school football, and I was terrible. And I got into this thing where I would go out there and I would get the living shit knocked out of me. And I'd you know, go back to the locker room and take a shower and wipe off the blood and I'd be back out there the next day. Um, and I had a high school football coach who, as bad as I was, who said, if anyone quits, the entire team, there was a hill on, 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 on the school grounds, we used to run hills for punishment. You have to run up the hill. Uh, you know, if I quit, the entire team would have to run 50 hills. So uh, there was a sense of, um, I don't know, I hate to credit a, a yeah. high school coach with anything. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think part of it's the journalism. You know, you you, you just got to keep working on it. You've got it's it's a, it's a sort of persistence. Uh, but I, I don't... I, I think every you know every independent film has has a story, and and it's a story of roadblocks, and it's a story of somebody not giving up, and it's a story of you know conflict with you know with between producers and 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 actors and and stuff like that. And 
it's just not easy to to get it made. And I have um, I have tremendous respect for anybody who can go through and get it done. And 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 I like being that guy who could do that and and force it through. And um, you know, we there was some, there were some tough moments in between. There's one of the producers on it, uh, original producers on it, just would like to murder me right now. <laughs> uh, but you know, I did what I had to do to get the film made. And um, you know, I'm gonna do it again, and I'm gonna do it again, and uh, and, and until I can't stand up anymore. You know, I, I um, my mentor in this whole business uh, was Milos Forman. Mm. Um, Milos was a good, good friend, and, and um, I think for a period of like nearly ten years, I, I uh, my wife and I had dinner with him and his wife like every Sunday night. Uh, and I witnessed the fact that, you know, here's a guy who, who had, you know, these Academy Awards on the shelf of in, 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 in his office. Um, but how hard it was for him with every single film that he made, nothing was easy. Um, you know, that, that, that everything was a struggle. Um, I wrote a script with, with him um that i worked with him that he had he had co-written the script with Václav havel uh and uh the, since english wasn't either their first languages they brought me in and i and i worked on the script with them and it turned out to be a really good script. they couldn't get it made um and he had done he had been through that ringer any number of times despite everything he had been through you know so there's nobody out there just snapping their fingers well there's a few people uh, but for the most part, I, I don't think um, I, I had a firsthand, you know, view of what it really takes to get a film made. And if you're going to step into this, uh, you've got to be prepared to do that. You have a this story is really ripe for like a lot of ideas around writing. There's a there's a uh, conversation about is this a comedy or a tragedy? There's kind of a romance to writing. There's talk about confidence, imposter syndrome. Is there one idea you kind of want young writers maybe to walk away from after seeing this film? For better or for worse, um, and, and I and I know this because of the marketing situation with the movie. It's a genre-defying film. As you, I mean, that's sort of what you just said. With with you know, mm. it, yeah, there's a, there's there's it's not it's not a rom com for sure. Um, it's kind of dark in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, and, but, you know, but Kate Hudson's in it and, 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 and there's two posters, there's two posters for this movie. And one of them, one of them is kind of a goofy rom-com poster. I don't know if you, and, and, um, you know, the other one is sort of a more dark European feeling mm -hmm. poster. That's one I prefer, obviously. Uh, and I, I think, it's um, in terms of marketing. I don't think about marketing or selling or, or, or what's going to sell before I do anything, because I think if you start doing that, you, you're going to um, you're going to screw yourself. You have to do. You have to follow. You know. You have to follow that that shiny light at the, that that's out there somewhere. Um, however it takes you to get there. And if you arrive at a place uh, 
that um, feels good to you, but that other people don't understand, that's fine. You're going to have to live with that. Mm. Uh, and um, you've, you've got to stay true to yourself. I can't, you know, I teach screenwriting sometimes. Um, I may never do it again, but <laughs> um, I've got a couple of students who've done well in, in, in it. And, and the one, the, 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 the people who've succeeded are the people who have a passion for the material, who, who, who have a story that they really, really want to tell. As opposed to, you know, I want, I want to, I want to go to Hollywood and I want to make money as a writer, and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll work on anything, I'll, I'll, I'll write anything, and I suppose you know you can, you can kind of make a living doing that if, if, if you're a competent writer. But um, the rewarding thing to me is telling a story that means something to me and telling a story that. Uh, I, I think there's a group of people, not everybody, um, is, is going to be able to relate to. And I, and I think the idea of the imposter syndrome, um, I, I think there, there's, everybody feels it once in a while. You know, the sect, the sect, the, the, the idea that, you know, we're two people. There's a scene in the movie where uh, uh, Shriver reads from his own book. Uh, to 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 Simone uh, to Kate Hudson, and one of the things I felt I needed, I wrote a big chunk of the novel. There's a, there's a novel in the movie called Goat Time, which is a dumbass title, but that's that's kind of the point. And uh, I, I want to, I but I and it, in the in the novel, there's no mention of of, of of, of really what the what the book is so i felt like i needed to know what it was and so i i wrote i don't know probably 50 pages just 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 to get into it and then i had him read a part where a man in in it a man gets on the bus and essentially sees his other self mm -hmm. on a bus in new york and he watches his other self go through the go through the day and i psychologically i like the idea that you know there are times there are times when we're in 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 our lives and and, and we're involved in them and there are times where we're watching ourselves go through something mm. where we're almost observing ourselves and and being critical of ourselves in that way and i, I wrote it also to kind of explain the the what happens to his personality what happened to him uh when, when he split into um uh the person and, and and you know when he split into the writer on the one side and and the um you know the, the person he was most comfortable being mm -hmm. you know his com the most comfortable you see him at the beginning of the film is 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 when he's sitting in the in a in a bar before breakfast um and talking to his buddy lenny who uh, uh played by mark boone jr who's also i think you know terrific in the movie I think we're almost out of time. Um, it sounds like when you you heard the the author read this story, you kind of approached him to buy the rights to it. Um, what is some, what is the value of writing a spec script to you? Obviously, there's more value than it even seems like whether or not it sells. How do you think about writing a spec? How are you drawn to a story? How would you encourage people to go write their own specs? Um, you know, I will only write spec scripts from now on. Um, I'm not looking for work. Um, there was a time when I 
did I took jobs for hire. I mean, I wrote I wrote scripts for Sony and 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 other other people over the years. That you know, there's there used to be a big sheet that would come out and you know that my agent would get and it would be like uh, uh, writing assignment available writing assignments and they send me off on a little you know and get in my car and drive around LA and go to all these meetings and, and um, that doesn't really happen anymore. Hmm. And I, I think that. Um, the the idea of writing a spec. Also, I'm I only well, I'm writing a script for another director right now, but I'm very specifically writing it for another director. Uh, and Yeshka Holland um, is is in, in Killer Films are doing a movie um, based on a memoir that my wife wrote that 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 I've written that I've written the, the script for. Uh, but I I think I know it's got to be something you you believe in uh deeply and you're willing to put years into i mean years and if you're not willing to do it if you're doing something if something just strikes you oh, that's that's a neat idea you know or, or the, oh, there's a really good twist there uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna have the uh stamina to, to get through it right you know, I and I had this. I, there's a conversation I had a long time ago with, with with a friend of mine who's a producer who I really remember. A producer worked with Robert Altman, and I showed him a script of mine. It might have been this one, but I think I think it was a different one. And I said, you know, would you be interested in working with me in producing this script? And and, and we we went out to lunch, and he said, you know what, I really love this script. There's a lot of really good things about it, but I have to look at that and say, am I willing? Do I love it enough or do, not love the script enough? Does it speak to me enough is is to the point where I'm willing to lose sleep over it, lose time with my family over it, um, you know, go go into the trenches uh, and, 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 and make this happen and possibly end up fighting my way through this for the next three years? Mm -hmm. The answer is absolutely I want to do that. Then, 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 then you've got to do that spec script. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the show. So many great lessons on screenwriting there. If you're looking for some more information, though, some more about the craft of writing for television, uh, we have a new course called Script Mastermind, where we have 21 of our proven experts telling you how to write for television, how to write a screenplay, how to break in, things like that. Uh, this includes shows of Gordon Levitt, Judd Apatow, also the writers of shows like Handmaid's Tale, Mosquito Coast, Hunters, Solar Opposites, Resident Alien, WandaVision, the list goes on and on. Check that out. Uh, you can get this all right now for $1 at scriptmastermind.com slash television. That is the television screenwriting masterclass. It is at scriptmastermind.com slash television. We'll see you next time with a new episode.